A question for you. Do you or a member of your team need to be trained on the new European medical device regulation? Then register to the Green Belt Certification Program. Multiple sessions are available. Check at easymedicaldevice.com GB. And don't forget to use the promo code POD2022 to get 10% discount. P-O-D-2022. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about IVDR. So we had talked uh, last time about the transition period that has a bit changed, if I can say, uh, for some uh, products in IVDR. Today we have a new topic, which is the common specifications. So we had a publication of the draft common specifications for certain class D devices under IVDR. And I have with me Andrea Stenger, Vice President at Chief Sud, who will try to help us understand what is this common specification and how uh, this, is, uh, this is working mainly. So Andreas, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Yes, hello, Monia. Thank you for having me today. It's Great. a pleasure uh, to discuss with you this topic. Thank you. So, uh, Andreas, um, as uh, um, we said, so we will talk mainly about this topic of common specification. But before that, maybe a small introduction of yourself so that we, maybe people will know more about you. Yes. So um, I'm uh, yeah with TÜVSUD and uh, TÜVSUD is a notified body under uh, both uh, IVDD and uh, also the IVDR. Uh, we have been, uh, we are quite active in this field. We have issued uh, the first IVDR certificate in uh, 2020. And uh, yeah, we are, of course, uh, engaged a lot with clients in uh, bringing their products <coughs> uh, to certification under the, uh, under the new uh, regulation. Uh, myself, I'm uh, responsible for the IVD uh, business segment uh, at TÜVSUIT. I'm based in Japan. Um, I have to say I'm not an IVD expert, um, but of course uh, I, I have a, we have a broad uh, team um, and and uh, I have a long time experience with uh, medical device uh, certification and so on. So um, yeah, that's uh, for quite quite a long time my 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 daily business. Yeah, great. Uh, so the, uh, the the point is, yeah, I, I know you a lot since a long time now with the IVD business in Chief Sud. I, I participated in some of the trainings that you have done also on IVD. So I know that you are really knowledgeable enough to answer all the questions that are that we are talking about today. But before that, um, as we said, we had this transition between IVDD and IVDR. So uh, what is the current situation for the industry? We had, as we said, this transition period that changed. We have new, more and more MDCG guidance that are issued, a lot of things that are coming. So what is your update on that as a notified board? Yeah. Yes, yes. So yes, there has been a quite, quite a lot of movement in the recent uh, months and weeks. Um, we have seen, I mean, we have... Uh, uh, suffered, so to say, from a fairly uh, slow implementation of the uh, necessary uh, infrastructure concerning uh, the IVDR. 
Um, there was a uh, long time uh, demand or rumors for uh, change of the uh, date of application uh, because uh, notified body capacity and, and industry preparedness was not, uh, I mean, the, the whole implementation was not going um, uh, fast enough. And then finally we saw uh, in in the in the last quarter last year we we saw a, a change uh, to some uh, important articles uh, of the uh, regulation uh, these change came into force in the beginning of this year and they have a, quite a big effect on the transition uh, period and the date of uh, application remains unchanged but the transition period is is affected quite uh, and gives uh, manufacturers who have placed IVDs on the uh, European market already, um, more breathing room. And that changes um, the dynamics uh, quite a bit. So for one, um, we are, uh, uh, while, while we have been uh, yeah, previously basically busy with, with all uh, applications uh, coming in, uh, now uh, manufacturers, uh, because of the shorter timeline for uh, high-risk devices, are focusing uh, on the submission of, of high-risk devices. They have the shortest uh, transition period. Um, uh, plus, uh, we see that um, IVDD certificates can have uh, a longer validity time. So um, previously, uh, the maximum validity was May 2024. Now um, that is extended by one additional year, and we are quite uh, engaged uh, to help our clients to uh, prolong or uh, to, to maximize the validity uh, period of their uh, IVDD certificate. So that keeps us uh, very busy. Overall, we see some slowdown of um, applications uh, coming in. Um, nevertheless, we are, of course, uh, very, very busy. And our, our biggest concern is um, that we wait for more notified body capacity uh, coming uh, becoming available so so far we are only six yeah. uh, we need more more of uh, of uh, more colleagues uh, from other uh, companies to be uh, available to to support the the certification uh, yeah. activities <clears throat> one thing maybe uh, from what you've said uh, the date of application is the 26th of may 2022 uh, yes. But if you place for the first time your product the 27th of May 2022, yeah. you have to apply IVDR. It's not like yes. there is a, a decision here. Because I may, just to clarify for some people that think, yeah. oh, we have until 2025 or 2024, 2023. No, uh, if, it's only if you place devices before the date of application. After that, you are on this transition period and you have to execute as it's the first time you place it on the market. So. Exactly, that is correct. So um, uh, the key uh, date is the date of application. Uh, if you place um, devices by then on the European market, regardless whether they have an IVDD certificate or whether they are just self-declared, that does not matter anymore. Um, then you have um, the uh, uh, additional transition time depending on the future classification under IVDR. Yeah? So for class D devices, it will be then uh, uh, another three years to 25, um, uh, B then uh, four years, um, yeah. C then four years, uh, and B then uh, five years 
Exactly. So that is, uh, so so to say, a staggered approach. This is correct. Okay, great. So I think, yeah, um, so don't wait. <laughs> Many <laughs> the point is, uh, don't wait. Make a plan now and try to uh, have a notified body already, discu a discussion with notified body, and then start your yes. process. And not because you there was an additional transition period for some products that you should maybe think, oh, let's wait. But no, you have maybe to, to take the chance because it's a chance. Uh, to to apply as soon as possible because maybe just to find a notified body as you said there are only six just to find a notified body can already take some some time time there. Yes, that's um, right. Great. So let's talk now about the common specification. So we had uh, the common specification draft common specification that was published for uh, uh, IVDR. Uh, so before maybe to dig inside this common specification, why? Do you? I mean, can we explain why do we need a common specification? So, what is the reason for publication of a common specification? In which case do we need a common specification? Yeah. So, uh, the concept of common specification is not a new one. So, we have uh, uh, basically a similar concept or the same concept already under the IVDD. At that, uh, under the IVDD, these are called common technical specifications. So, and um, in Article 9 of the IVDR, it is described that uh, in the case when harmonized standards are not good enough or are not uh, stringent enough um, uh, for compliance, uh, then the, um, um, the Commission may adopt uh, common specifications, which are basically mandatory to meet uh, by manufacturers. So, uh, why is that so? Um, the common specifications are developed for high-risk devices. So where um, there is, yeah, let's say uh, where where uh, we really want manufacturers to be in the published specification, where it's very crucial for a safe um, and efficient uh, medical device uh, to meet these um, these specifications. So that is why uh, these common specifications are then uh, developed. Uh, and as we see also later, when we talk maybe about the um, the different um, <clears throat> devices, I mean these are all high risk devices, so uh, very uh, dangerous uh, and, and and deadly uh, uh, diseases, uh, which are then uh, detected with these exactly. devices. Um, so in terms of common specifications, so we talk about that under IVDR. Um, yeah. But what about IVDD? Was there common specifications also for IVDD for some of those products? Yes, they, for the NX2 products, there were common technical specifications. So these are specifications which basically must be met uh, by uh, by the manufacturer in order to uh, to put the device uh, to get the certification um, of the device. And uh, also now under the uh, IVDR, um, the the regulation very clearly says that a manuf manufacturer shall comply with these common specifications. So as there's basically no excuse okay. not to do that. So in, in case they don't want to do it, they must have very, very good reasons and uh, must um, explain that in very detail. And uh, basically it is... Um, yeah, it it is uh, it is it will be very difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think yeah, it's it's to be clear to say that it's not like voluntary um, things yeah. that you have to apply. It's really um, specifications yeah. and like standards that you have to apply. Uh, that I mean, it's even can we say that it's even more than standards because standards can be voluntary. Some of them, and here it's yes, like it's mandatory. Definitely, so. 
Yeah, it's more than a standard. Um, it is more than a harmonized standard. And that is also explained in, in Article 9. The harmonized standard is a standard where when the manufacturer applies the harmonized standard, the notified body will assume conformity with the exactly. regulation. Yeah? So this is an assumption, but it's not mandatory. So the, the manufacturer may also use other standards and then they have maybe the, the scrutinization and the assessment is more, um, more detailed and more, um, more in-depth. Yeah? So it's not automatic assumption of conformity. But um, since um, that is, so to say, up to the manufacturer to apply harmonized standards or not, with the common specifications, so to say, it is more strict. And um, there is uh, yeah, basically very little uh, possibility not to, not, to, not to apply the common specifications. Yeah. That is the difference. So here we said also that uh, it's common specification for certain class D devices, so not also... Yes. Um, does it mean that it exists already for some class D devices, some kind of standards or some harmonized standards are existing, but for those ones specifically, there is nothing? So is it what it means? Or Yeah, well, I mean, um, there are, of course, uh, numerous class uh, D devices and the development of such uh, common specification takes time. And so um, that is why uh, we, we have not uh, to begin with for every uh, device's common specifications. For those devices where there are no common specifications, uh, then um, the, uh, uh, um, there is no state of the art uh, possibly established. Then um, the uh, notified body need to consult with the expert panels. And there we receive then um, the, uh, the opinion of the expert panels. And this then basically establish a sort of state-of-the-art or benchmark. And this benchmark will then need to be met by the next uh, devices uh, which are certified. Yeah? So um, that is then the mechanism for, for these uh, class D devices where there are no uh, common specifications okay. uh, available. So uh, now for this one that was published, uh, first, was it, uh, does the manufacturer, were the, were the manufacturer waiting for it or it was something that we really are expecting or it's, it's coming like, like that out of the blue and nobody really knew that <laughs> no. something like that would be uh, common? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. No, it was not uh, coming out of the blue. We are waiting for that. Okay. And um, I think when we look at the, the rolling uh, plan, um, the the common specification publication uh, was uh, was expected uh, quite some time uh, earlier already. Um, uh, why is this so important? Because uh, um, without them, as I explained, you have to go through the expert panels. Uh, the expert panels were also just established in uh, September last year. So before that, there was basically no way to certify a class D device under the IVDR. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is, with the common specifications, it's very clear uh, what performance criteria uh, need to be met. I mean, uh, uh, and um, there is no discussion anymore between notified body and the manufacturer. Is this uh, now good enough or is this not good enough? Or yeah. do you need to have uh, more patients involved in the clinical study or not? So um, that's uh, this saves a lot of time um, and uh, um, eliminates all uncertainty in terms of the required specification, so that everybody was waiting for that. Okay. Um, as you said, some of these devices or some uh, found there are already basically uh, similar or identical to the common technical specifications under the uh, IVDD. So uh, that, that's nothing new. <clears throat> they are basically taken over as far as I see. Um, so for those 
um, this, that is um, um, no surprise for, for nobody. Né? Uh, but we have, of course, a couple of new, de new devices, uh, COVID, uh, SARS-CoV tests, for example, which we urgently need um, in order to uh, make a smooth uh, certification of, of these uh, uh, products. Great. Um, so as you, as you started to mention some products, so what do you have, is there a clear list now of products that are under this common specification or as we say, it's a draft. So, or will there be more or it's like, um, it's, this is the list and here is what we, we will be talking about. Yeah, well, what we have uh, uh, mentioned in the annex of these uh, common specifications, these are the devices which will be uh, which will be uh, found in the first uh, in the first batch, so to say, of common specifications. But uh, we will expect uh, in the later um, in the second part of the year, maybe in Q4, we will expect a second batch of of other devices of, okay. of common specifications for other devices to be to be following. Yeah. Okay. So, But, um, so, so just to come back now, to, sentence, yeah. to, to what you have said before, for the second half or second batch, can we yeah. certify them without those common specifications? Yes, we can. We, but we need to then go through the expert panels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the 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 way through the expert panel is now open, and we can uh, we can uh, um, regardless of whether we have common specifications or not, class D devices can be certified, but the way is a little bit more longer, yeah? Okay, is, is it, I, I have another question because uh, I, I am looking at what the expert panel is, is, uh, is uh, delivering and I see a lot of expert panel for class D devices for IVDR, more than MDR, so more than medical yeah. devices. So is this the reason, uh, is this the reason why we have so many expert panel reviews because those common specifications were not available or it has another reason? Um, I have to admit, I don't know exactly uh, which devices were uh, were now uh, in detail reviewed by the expert panel, but I believe that is uh, one one reason. Uh, okay. Yes, that that we did not have yet the common specifications available. Okay, so I think it's why this is really important. So, with what do you know? Do we have some type of of uh, of disease or, or products that uh, we are talking about uh, specifically inside those common specifications? Yeah, we have the we have uh, some blood grouping uh, agents. We have uh, um, HIV uh, tests. We have hepatitis hepatitis uh, tests, and we have uh, newly added um, uh, the COVID test. Yeah, so um, you see, for instance, um, I believe one of the expert panel uh, reviews was also covering a COVID test. So uh, that would now uh, not be necessary anymore to go through that. But you can find uh, once these common specifications are published, uh, you can apply them. Okay, so um, inside this common, spe so this common specification, as we say, it's in draft actually. Um, yeah, I have looked at uh, the the the, the web page, and it says that you can it's still under consultation, so people can still uh, comment on that until March 9th, and it will be tomorrow when this podcast will be published. Um, so the thing is that I was really surprised because I was also working on the previous common specification for MDR Annex 16. Yeah. And there was there around 1,000 comments provided for, for this kind of things. And when I looked at this one, I tried to read and see what kind of comments there is. There were, there were only seven comments or seven feedbacks mm. coming, mm. feedbacks about maybe to have, I mean, some people ask to have more stringent performance evaluation or to change some measuring unit or this kind of thing, but it was not too much. So um, you as a notified body, if I can say, Were you able to review those comments and maybe provide your comments on that? 
Um, yeah, so so we have been uh, uh, notified bodies have been engaged or involved in the drafting of these common specifications already at an earlier stage. So uh, uh, we had uh, discussions uh, with the commission and we also were participants of a workshop. Uh, notified bodies are organized in the team NB. And, and as such, um, we have already uh, seen them. And we have provided our, our uh, input at an earlier stage already. So our current, uh, let's say, input would be, yeah, publish them as soon as possible. Okay. So um, does it mean also when you when we receive those feedback, if I can say, will you also be consulted as a notified body from those feedback to say, yes, it's correct, we should change this or that? So you are not in the loop anymore? I, I don't I'm, I don't think that we are now in the loop anymore. Okay. I think this is now uh, in the hands of the uh, commission, um, but we have been uh, providing intensive input uh, in, in earlier stages. Okay. So um, when do you think this will be, because as we said, it's a draft. So when do you think this then will be really coming as a common specification published and available for all the manufacturers? Yeah, I believe in, uh, I mean, latest in quarter two. Of, of this year, so in the coming months. Okay. I, I'm not sure, maybe two months or something. Uh, and so. do you think that from now, people can, manufacturers can already look at those com this draft and check and already say, okay, let's apply these rules and that rules? Because inside the draft, it says, as you said, exactly which parameters they have to take and to look yeah. at for each of the sensitivity, specificity, or whatever that uh, that is on the, on the product. So. So can they look at it now or do you do we expect maybe some changes of those parameters? Yeah, I don't expect any any major changes, no. Um, no, it would be a smart idea to look at it now, yes, uh, because, I mean, uh, once they are published, I mean, uh, there's a transition time of, of two years um, and after these two years, they are basically mandatory. But even uh, before, I mean, if a manufacturer wants to uh, certify a device before they, they, this uh, two years transition period is over, I mean, still, they would, of course, uh, uh, I mean, we would have to look very carefully in case they don't meet these specifications. Yeah? Because these specifications have, of course, some, some valid reason. Yeah? And we would then need to um, really see, okay, why? What is the? Why are we not meeting them? And what is the difference? Yeah, is this a matter of maybe uh, you know uh, just a smaller number of of patients in the in the um, in the clinical trials, or uh, do we have big deviations in the specifications? Yeah, in the measuring range or in the specificity or something? Right. I mean that that needs to be then looked at in detail and and thoroughly. Uh, needs a, a thorough uh, discussion uh, between a notified body and the manufacturer. Okay, and when you said two years transition period means that as yes. soon as it's published, you yes. can still voluntarily use that, but it's not mandatory then. That is, so to say, the situation. Yeah, they are not mandatory uh, applicable. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the notified body uh, will, of course. Uh, seriously question um, uh, the device if it's not coming close to these uh, values yeah okay and uh, if if we are if notified body sees that we are not following those common specifications they have to go through the expert panel i suppose also um i don't no no the expert panel is not necessary anymore no okay. this is just a discussion between notified body and the manufacturer and uh, that needs to be sorted out huh? okay then it's uh, it's good then so um yeah 
I encourage people if you have still time to read that uh, today, immediately after listening to this podcast, maybe to go then and to have some some feedback uh, to the to this uh, draft common specification because yeah, you have until tomorrow to uh, to get that. Um, anything else you want maybe to to talk about this one or the common specification or maybe in vitro diagnostic uh, uh, advice for our manufacturers that are listening today? Well, I, uh, I I really like to uh, encourage manufacturers uh, not to slow down with the efforts uh, to certify the devices. Uh, we have uh, we see a little bit of uh, uh, slowing down of applications. So I would uh, like uh, you to uh, reach out uh, to notify bodies. Um, we have a IVDR um, service request page where where manufacturers can um, uh, specify um, their uh, their devices and uh, express uh, interest in certification. So that is uh, that is yeah my 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 hope that we can uh, that we are not slowing down here. Yeah, and and uh, because uh, time is still tight. Uh, even though uh, these uh, transition times are a little bit more generous, um, but in fact, uh, still the work is 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 tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, we have this uh, phenomenon, if I can say, within MDR, where we said, okay, uh, we have we are recertifying everybody before the 26th of May 2021, and now all the certificates will expire by 2024. So now there is a peak. If I can say of workload for notified bodies by 2024. So I understand the thing to say, can we please uh, make something more balanced instead of having everything at the end and then nothing in the middle? Yeah, But yeah I think yeah. it's the, the, the situation here. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very similar uh, with the difference that that uh, we at the same time have to ramp up our teams. Now, I mean, we are we are continuing uh, ramping up uh, experts, uh, not only Germany, also elsewhere. Yeah, um, um, and and. Trying to 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 be yeah as receptive as possible uh, to to uh, incoming requests. So if you want to be an auditor for Tube, so don't hesitate to go to their page and uh, apply for it. I think all those fight bodies look for 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 talents. So very, I think uh, yes, and we have very nice uh, we have very very nice places to work. We uh, I'm based in Japan. We have uh, teams in Korea and China and the United States. Uh, very beautiful places: San Diego, Boston, yeah, uh, and of course Germany, UK, Italy, you name it. Yeah, so um, very welcome. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we have a great team and uh, yeah, good uh, working atmosphere and interesting job. Great, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to more now with notified bodies, and yeah, when you see that, oh, it's really great. I mean, I think for me, for somebody that wants really to be a specialist in, in regulatory affairs and quality, being working for a notified body can be really an advantage, or having some something more on your CV, which will be great. So don't hesitate for doing. I have not done that. I didn't had the chance to do that, but it would have been my pleasure if I can say to work for a notified body for a few for a few <laughs> years. Then, but I think it's great. Okay, Andreas. So thank you. It was really a pleasure to have you. Yeah. And uh, I hope this helps a lot of the IVDR manufacturers that are trying to place their devices on the market. Don't forget, yeah, we have to play to apply as soon as possible and no, don't, no, not waiting. And those common specifications will become mandatory. So you have really to look at them and understand and provide your feedback maybe by tomorrow. So Andreas, it was really a pleasure. Thank you. And I wish you a nice day. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, good uh, day to Europe. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much. 